It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided our world has become? We desperately need stories of peace and healing. We find the bridge builders across the globe who are stepping into the divides of culture and bringing understanding, compassion, and reconciliation. And now, here's your hosts, Jonathan Sanborn and Lisa Jernigan. And welcome, and welcome back, hopefully. Hopefully this is not your first time listening to us, but if it is your first time, we're super excited that you're sitting around our table with us listening to conversations, and I'm Lisa Jernigan. And I'm Jonathan Sanborn. Lisa, way to go. <laughs> can we just can we all just stop for a second and appreciate how well done, Lisa just op- introduced oh, the know, show for the first you know, time? You, you know, uh, well, well you know, got to try it once, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's great. And and again, I'm I, I, I'm you've already earned a second shot. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> you know, it's it's fun doing this. It's fun and and learning so much. And already, like we're doing a part two right now, getting ready. Um, with Pastor John Moten, who if we hope that you got to hear the first part of it. If not, please go back and listen to it, because Pastor John has been in ministry for 25 years. He serves as a pastor at Central Christian Church in, in uh, on our Gilbert campus and been married for 25 years. Just he he's that person that you can sit to sit with and just go, John, speak into me. And he's been such a great teacher to me mm-hmm. in the narrative of racial reconciliation. Fantastic. And so we're going to start part two. <laughs> right? Sounds good. I'm, I'm excited. Epis- episode two. Episode two. Okay. Yes. For those of you who don't listen, I'm, I'm, I, I can talk about racial reconciliation all day long, but we can, I can also talk about Star Wars all day long. We discovered and that so in part we'll, one, we'll, by the way. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, maybe I'll create a second podcast <laughs> about Star Wars. That would be fun. <laughs> okay. As if there's, I mean, there's probably a billion out there. Anyways. So, John, thank, thanks again for being on the show. We, we just, I feel like we just cracked the surface. And I like on the show to kind of delve into, like, push into certain practices yeah. and people. Like, we can think about certain things, but how do we – I want to take it to the how level we, um, of what and, – and that, uh, that can reveal a lot in ourselves when yeah. you push into certain things. And so I want to spend this a lot of this next episode on, like, how can we maybe mm-hmm. not just think differently but act and be, respond more empathetically. Live differently. Live differently. Yeah. Live differently, really. So let's just let's just get into it. Like yeah. what what start us off. Well, you know, one thing that I'm really thankful that I see happening um, that we mentioned at our last episode is before we talk about empathy, is practicing the art of lament. You know, we don't mm-hmm. lament very well. In mm-hmm. fact, in in the evangelical church, it's just a practice that's kind of new. You mm-hmm. know, uh, we. Uh, a couple years ago, we had uh, Good Friday services, and we talked mm-hmm. about the crucifixion in depth and what that meant. Mm-hmm. But we taught our church what it means to lament, to be sorrowful, to mm. really take. And I do think lament is kind of the cousin, if not sister, of empathy, mm-hmm. because when you're when you're empathizing with someone, you are grieving with them. You mm-hmm. are relating to them. You're not hijacking. There's right. a difference. You're not hijacking their emotions, but you are with them. And I think the church has an incredible opportunity to be more empathetic, to show the world what empathy looks like. You know, not not fake, not fake sorrow or not anything that yeah. is to manipulate or – but empathy and uh, that practice of saying, I see you, I'm with you, I'm mm. for you, I get you. 
uh, and it's okay. You're not alone. Wow. And I think something that we could do better as uh, as brothers and sisters when it comes to those horrible events that happen, those setbacks, that pain, is to really be with them in proximity. You know. So, so lament. This is another one. Uh, lament. Um, you know, Paul says to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. So that sounds a lot like lament. Is that is that yes? Is, would yes. that be a fair? Yeah. Okay. So. If what when it means to weep with those who weep, why is that so hard for us? Is it because we we see so much, or maybe we just don't care? Is our heart cold, or there's not the proximity? Tell me why why is lamenting so hard for us? I, you know what that is something I think is unique to the the Western world yeah. because uh, we just can't we're we're studying the Book of Galatians and we just uh, we're almost done and uh, our lead pastor Cal Jernigan is going mm-hmm. to conclude the, the the Galatians series. But one thing that uh, one of our communicators, Pastor Caleb, had mentioned was Christianity is a team sport. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a single, it's not an individual sport. It's a team sport. And so when it comes to, we don't see each other as teammates. We don't mm-hmm. see each other. We have this really weird Western theology where we're competing. Uh, we're trying to get ours. We're trying to get ahead, like as as if God has favorites, you yeah. know, as if God, well, you're you're from Maricopa County, so I love you more than people who live in Southern California. And so yeah. you guys listening may agree with that. But that's, <laughs> that's another time, another talk. Yeah. But I do think that we don't see each other. We don't see we as being uh, uh, the primary way in which we engage one another. We see it's me and God. It's not we and others. We We like that vertical, but we don't get the horizontal. Mm. And I think that's just something that we need to understand that we're in this together. When we we're we're not good we're not good until everyone is good. There's there's a, so much truth to that and I've seen that come from both the missions crowd and even worship I've had some mm-hmm. critiques of American worship. Yeah. How often we use the pronoun I and it we it it reinforces this me and God only God alone forgives me, but for, but not the forgive us or the we we have sinned or we are right with, to get you know this there there isn't much commonality as much as there maybe used to be or even what the Psalms demonstrate. Well, I think yeah. a lot of uh, Christianity going back even four hundred years ago, it's it's focused on the mind, yeah, right, and so and it's more do- knowledge about knowledge and doing the right things, mm-hmm. and we've neglected the relational aspect, yeah. mm-hmm. right, the horizontal, like. People to people. How do we see each other? And yeah. I even think part of our Western culture you're talking about, we don't have certain traditions that allow us to lament. Like mm-hmm. you go to the Middle East, you go to other – they have traditions where yes. somebody will sit outside somebody's home for two days, not say a word, but just be outside the home and take turns. So like if there's a death in the family, right? right. Somebody – they just – it's yes. the gift of presence. We mm-hmm. don't know how to do that really well mm-hmm. because we're on a time limit. We yeah. don't know how to just – sit with somebody, it's uncomfortable. And we want to use words all the time instead of embracing silence, which Mm -hmm. I think a lot of lamenting is just being still and being silent and being aware. Mm. Being present. Yeah, being present. Real good, Lisa. So good. That is such an insight because I think we have situations in which we're we're too busy, we're preoccupied, we're distracted, we have all kinds of things, but to be present and be near. Mm -hmm. You know, I... uh, 
uh, it's funny because uh, Lisa was actually preaching when I did this. You know, she uh, she preached at our church on Mother's Day. Oh, okay. And I had my phone with me, and I said, you know, this phone it actually makes phone calls. You know, it's really cool. You you press this phone icon, <laughs> and numbers come up. Yeah, and you could put numbers in there. And you press the green button. It's it's phenomenal. You actually talk, and uh, and everyone's laughing. But some people we don't use phones. We don't connect. We rather send a text. text I go, yeah. Don't text your mama. You know, call her. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, go to someone and be with someone. Be with them. Call them. Be with them. Be present. You know, uh, it, it's just it's the it's the uh, great opportunity we have to be there for that person. Mm. And so, in in addition to lament, um, I want to step into what more what you said. Lament. Then you talk about presence. So let's um, getting up getting on the phone. What? But in the terms of racial reconciliation what does that even look like is it like like oh i want a black friend or you know or you know or or i want to be what is that i mean help us out yeah so and it's that's a really interesting dance but it's a dance that we all do because again we're on a journey and we're uh we're at different points of these conversations i'm thankful for the leadership of the church i'm at right now because we're on that journey together but i know some of the listeners may be okay i'm just starting to get mm-hmm. to know these kind of things and so i do think uh, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to empathy, when it comes to engaging with people not like you, mm-hmm. um, it's a, a level of uh, of patience and a level of listening and a posture to understand. Mm-hmm. See, and I so often we have this dualistic kind of perspective where we want to win the argument or we we have a phrase in our head that we saw on TV or saw in a movie or heard on a newscast, whatever it may be. But to really listen, to really listen and understand, okay, what's this person's life like? What what are they going through? What are they all about? Yeah. What are their hurts, their pains? And those kind of things. So when it comes to lamenting with racial reconciliation, you know, um, I tell my friends and I have several friends who are in the foster care system. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 maybe a little insensitive for some of our listeners, but I don't mean to be. But when when they adopt a black kid, I immediately find them. I, uh, a friend of mine, Kevin, uh, Kevin is, uh, he doesn't know I'm sharing this, so I won't tell him his last name, but Kevin adopted a black kid. Okay. And I go, Kevin, your relationship to black culture is totally changed now. Yep. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, it's just going to change, and I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, a month wow. goes by, Kevin, okay, what about this hair? What about this? I'm now feeling the emotions I never felt when I see a black kid whose life is taken or yeah. a black kid uh, being a recipient of police mm. brutality, wherever it may be, yeah. a cylinder starts to fire. And so that kind of opportunity for us is you begin to – when you lament with others, you begin to identify. You begin to take their burden as your burden, their mm-hmm. pain as your pain. So it's been a, um, a, a, a fascinating st- uh, journey with him and all other friends who uh, invite that into their life. And I, that word you say journey is, is really important because uh – the journey idea is different than often we think of in America. We want a problem to solve or something I could do like as a one-time type thing. But it really is the willingness to go on a journey with yeah. someone or a group of people that are not necessarily in your your yeah. pers- first group you see yourself in. And like I ended up attending an African-American church for about a year. And I, w- I was the white guy of like four, 400 people and I was the white guy. And I it was such a great experience – that I feel differently, and it's, it changed my life that and how I view 
African American church. Yeah. It was different denomination. It was a Pentecostal church, and I was I came out of a Bible church, and so I different a whole different tradition. It was just a wonderful, wonderful journey for me. Awesome. That just that wasn't the end of it. That's just the start of of uh, the process. But I I think that word journey is something. Say like if I have, don't think this is something you can fix in one. I've got one black friend, or I did. Yeah. I had one one experience that was this, but it really is. I'm willing to go on a journey that's that'll take me in a, in a yeah. different place, that's and even really a journey of curiosity. Yes, right to understand. Yeah. Like I want to learn yeah. more about. I want to learn what are things that that I would say that could be possibly a trigger for you. What are things yeah. that you think I should know or understand yeah, that you want me to know and understand? Point. So how do we even? I think that's the beginning of a journey. Is like yeah. just lean in with curiosity. And asking questions and being willing to listen to something that may be disturbing because you may have mm-hmm. to look inside and go, wow, yeah. I missed it on that. You make mm-hmm. a good point because, you know, this may be a little bit you, – you're going to experience a little bit of turbulence with what I'm going to share with you right now. And, and, and it's okay. So the captain is – Bring it on. Yeah, I'm ready. That's right. But I, I think so too often there are so many things in the church culture that sound really sweet that are gravely offensive. Mm-hmm. Now, before I tear through it, it's, it's – We can it's, handle it. We're ready. Well, it's funny. Like it, I was in Texas for four years and, and anyone who's listening who's from Texas knows this phrase, oh, bless their heart. Bless – yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It sounds so sweet, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. It sounds so sweet, but that means you're an idiot. You yeah. Know? So bless their heart. So it's just like, oh, bless his heart. Are, you know, yeah. it's not so sweet. So there are terms that we use in the church is saying like, hey, and this is number one. And if you've ever said this, I don't want you to feel bad, but you're going to experience a little bit of turbulence. But if you've ever said this like, well, John, I don't see color. Mm-hmm. And it sounds so sweet, like, oh, that's so beyond and so above. And really you're saying you don't see that person. Mm-hmm. You don't see that person. You don't see their you don't see their their what they are as a race. Again, God has a beautiful paintbrush in which he, he created and made people all different shades of colors, all kinds of crayons in the in the Crayola mm-hmm. box in God's in God's kingdom. But to say you don't see color says you don't see them. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just those kind of things. And so those kind of phrases are just one so, of them. Yeah, that's a great example. So you, so, and I want to press into that yeah. that, that specific one because there's there people really would say that as a noble yeah. phrase. Yeah. They might even say they're oh, I'm just saying what Martin Luther King said. Yeah. yeah. You know, love no, sees no color. Yeah. And so I'm just being loving, therefore I don't see color. Yeah. But. What you're saying is really critical is that color is def- has often defined you yep. and they're not seeing you and how you, your whole, so much of your experience in this world is, yeah. d- is defined by that. And so when they say they don't see that, you're not being seen. You're not being, yeah, you're not being seen. Yeah. And it just, and I know it, just, and again, it sounds so sweet and it sounds so noble, like you said, yeah. Jonathan, it, but it's just, it, you're not seeing that person. And, and another thing too is to, uh, Okay, so when it comes to, I want to go back to the question you asked about. I want to, I want more black friends, or I want to, I have a black friend. You know, it's easy for us to see our black friend as a party favor, yeah, or like a a a, a token. You know, yeah. it's, it's danger. You know, it's it's a it's a dangerous way to interact because we see it right away. Like, yeah. no, you don't really, you don't really, you don't see right. me. So it's even another another level in which not only do you not see color, you don't see me, right, and you see me. Is something that helps you and makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. And I, I, uh, I heard a phrase recently, and I can't cite it, but I've heard a phrase recently. When it comes to dialogue about racial reconciliation, it will only go as far as the comfort of those who are white. 
you know, hmm. and it's just, it's just wow. kind of like, a, yeah, it's just kind of like, okay, I'm a little, yeah. a little uneasy. So we, when you're able to, to bring up, and again, I'm proud of my church because we did observe what happened in Buffalo. Yeah. We observed. And so, hey, we're going to get into this. We, we even back when George Floyd went through what he too, when Jeff Blake, you know, all, we acknowledged that yeah. in service. So people were kind of like, I don't know if I like this, you know, it's, uh, yeah. <sighs> that is that's great that we need to hear that that's well and that it gives us we have to have more conversations mm-hmm. to create where it's not so uncomfortable and it's not um abnormal right yeah. it's like it's got to be more we we're in this together yes and we're learning from each other and we're doing this and we make each other better yeah right mm-hmm. yeah and so that, but that's those are hard conversations yeah. to start because you have to be intentional yeah and so many people go, i don't even know where to start yeah and you you said it I'm so thankful you said it, Lisa, because it's the together. We're in this together. You know, it goes back to that we. It goes back to that horizontal thing. When you're in it together, you're seeing things differently. This is us. And um, we had uh, Pastor Albert Tate at our church a couple mm-hmm. of Sundays ago, and he, he wrote a phenomenal book. And this is recommended reading for those listening that, you know, how we love matters. And he had a great illustration. I had the privilege to spend time with him on the Saturday before we had him speak and we're in dialogue. And he immediately, as an author, mm-hmm. master communicator, wanted to know, hey, what stuck out to you? Well, one thing that stuck out to me in his book that was really phenomenal and is, it, it really changed my paradigm where I'm thinking if, if, if two brothers are growing up in an abusive home, but only one brother is the recipient of abuse, that, that, that sibling who is going through abuse, is going to have a greater need from his brother when his brother, who's not being abused, becomes aware of it. Mm. And so when they interact with one another, it's it's not going to be, hey, I'm going to pray for you. I know you're being abused. The abused sibling is going to say, I don't want you to do more than just – I want you to do more than just pray. I want you to help me. Mm. Yeah. I want you to help me. That's a, that is what Lisa's saying. That That's evidence of togetherness, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you're being abused. So my friends of color, even even people that people of color, I should say, you know, they're hurting. So what am I going to do to help? What am mm-hmm. I going to do to help? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you get this? Like, um, do you want people? I'm just going to straight up. Yeah. Like, do you want people to think like, oh, oh, Pastor John, you've you've been so abused your life, and, and yeah. that's is, do you want that to define the relationship? Is that like you're in the in the, maybe that brother sister relationship. Just help me with that. Yeah, it, it's uh, that's an interesting question. It's a great question because it's uh, it's all about what's personally happened to me versus what am I experiencing? How am I processing what's happening around me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's a difference. What's happened to me versus how I'm processing what's happening around me. I do think that you know, although I've not been a recipient of, I mean, I, I have several police officers who I love dearly, who I have a relationship with, who I've, one one particular police officer, I'd done her wedding. I'd done, yeah. I, I, I uh, eulogized her son when he passed away. You mm. know, it's, it's I, I love police officers. So I've never a recipient. I don't have a, a, a difficult or complex relationship with, with law enforcement. Right. I don't have that. But I still hurt for those who are people of color who have. Yeah. And so it's different. So you're, you're, when they, when they come approach me, like, John, I'm sorry for what happened. You know, I'm okay with that. So it's, it's to my white brothers and sisters saying, I see you and I'm hurting for you, not mm-hmm. hurting for what you experienced. But I know, John, as a person of color, you're seeing things and experiencing things. Yeah. Although you haven't directly experienced them, you're you're getting yeah. tired. Good. You know, you're getting tired from yeah. that, and you're hurting because of that. 
That's a, a common phrase I hear. We're tired. Yeah. And I understand that, but I don't think a lot of people understand that, what that means. Like you hear story after story. Even when you start seeing, you know, you can watch a documentary on an injustice um, and it's like, oh, my gosh, it just it just brings it all up again. And explain that tired yeah. when you say tired, because I, I hear that a lot and I, I think I understand it. But can you help us really understand what that means? Yeah. And it's this is I don't think this is an extrovert thing nor an introvert thing. But I think that so often when we have to explain, you know, we have to bring up the speed. Okay, why are you upset? What What's happening? Uh, how are you feeling? Any person of color who's explaining the injustice going on or the acts of racism or the hate or the setbacks or the disadvantage or whatever it may be, it's exhausting when you're having to explain. Uh, because of what I do, mm-hmm. I, I pastor a church and I, I lead one of our campuses and I engage. I want to educate. I want to be a bridge builder. I want to be a peacemaker. It's at the core of what I want the church to be, but it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard because when you're dialoguing, people are – it's hard. It, it's like uh, when it comes to race and when it comes to racial tension, it's like smog. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're inhaling smog. Why am I having trouble breathing? Because there's smog in the air. But to explain it over and over again, you know, people will justify, well, it's not really smoggy. It's not – it's blue skies. You know, no, it's smoggy. Smog mm-hmm. is that we're not experiencing the things that we – we're not seeing things that we should see. We're not experiencing things we should be experiencing. So when you're explaining all these things, it takes a long time. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it takes its toll because people want to argue. Well, it's not that bad. Okay, it's, that was one situation, or and so having to do that dance, you know. Mm-hmm. And again, it's that journey. That part of that journey is you wrestle. There are yeah. you wrestle a little bit. You have setbacks. You have you step in it sometimes. You know? right? Sure. <laughs> It's sure. like you, you say things that you don't mean to say. And so that's the part that is the exhausting part of the journey mm-hmm. that we go through. Again, these are the things we don't think about yeah. uh, from our perspective. And again, it comes in with empathy. Empathy is like, I want to understand what this does to you, how you feel about it. How do I feel that with you? So to some of our listeners that may be kind of new, like you've opened, you've said some really profound things. There's a lot here to unpack yeah, if we yeah. had more time. But if maybe they're kind of like for the first time hearing something. I mean, we, we can hear things all day long, but yeah. sometimes you have that moment where like, oh, I just heard that. So maybe there's some of our listeners out there going, I'm hearing what you're saying. And I'm at the very beginning of this. What are some steps? What are some things you would say to people going, how do I open my heart more? Do I pray differently? Do I? How do I be more intentional with this journey? Yeah, that's a great, great question. I do think there's a, a numerous ways in which we can engage. I think the posture of Lord, what are you asking of me, Lord? The love that you have for me, what does it require of me, Lord? What do I need to do? What do I need to see that I haven't seen before? So I do think it starts with prayer, and then I, I, the next step would be educating ourselves. There are uh, so many great books that are out there that mm-hmm. begins to understand the history uh, just of racism, where it came from. Where And, and I know that uh, it's delicate because we have this tension now of uh, critical race theory and we have all kinds of dialogue about Black Lives Matter and all those kind of things that are going on. But there is a history we have to really dive into. And so Understanding the history, where does this all come from? What was life like? You know, and I think I was, it was I felt like Debbie Downer. We were uh, <laughs> we were planning an event, and we wanted to do a 1950s event. Okay. Now, 
Now, <laughs> those of us who are saying, hey, 1950s were wonderful. Yeah. And I had to raise my hand and say, you know what? 1950s were not wonderful for all of us. Yeah. You know, ever heard of Jim Crow? You ever heard right. about these kind of things? So it was like, wow, John, it was all sad now. But I just was sharing that the 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 history is not the same. The pain is not the same. Now, we all have had painful things, but – Understanding the history is just so important for us to see what the journey is. And then also just engaging in what this whole counterculture is about, what it means to be a peacemaker. What it, what would Jesus – not to be cliche, but what would Jesus do in these kind of – Jesus yeah. all throughout Scripture would go through places, would engage with people, would uh, – would break the culture of what they mm-hmm. were doing, mm-hmm. and so how we're called into that, and it's it's like again, it's a journey. Yeah. John, you could host the show. Man. We should, we should, Lisa and I can just step down. Seriously, you're you're just nailing it out of the park. This has been a fantastic, fantastic conversation. I hope our listeners have got something really both inspiring and practical and helpful to walk away with, and challenge in all the and right challenge ways. in all the right ways. I know right, I, I'm 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 been hit hit good so. Well, and these are conversations. How do we continue to create those safe and brave spaces to have these conversations with people that have a different history, a different narrative than us? And lean in respectfully and with curiosity. That's yeah. what a peacemaker does. And some of my favorite things have been real quickly that I've enjoyed is just sitting across, having a cup of coffee, talking about okay. these kind of things. Because what happens to me so often, someone will hear what I say, and I'm just going to reach out and get coffee mm-hmm. with them. It just I've been – so blessed by having oh. these conversations one on one because there's a phrase that's so good. We we will uh we will we will always be able to learn in rows, but we will grow in circles. We'll grow in circles. Let's leave it with that. Learn in rows. Those grow in circles. Yes. Thanks for being part of our okay. circle. Oh, thank you. Bless you. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Amplify Peace. Educating, immersing, training and launching peacemakers to build united communities. And by Care Portal, a platform connecting the needs of children and families in crisis to the local church.